Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Lamed Gimel of Mesechta Psachim, Daf 33. And today we are discussing some of the memorable things that we're discussing are the punishment for Me'ila on purpose. I guess it sounds not so exciting, right? Punishment for Me'ila, but I've been waiting for this for such a long time. So, yeah, all right. And then um, truma of grape juice. Yeah, also kind of interesting. Did I say truma? Tuma of grape juice. Well, I guess it also kind of maybe connects to truma somehow. But yeah, everything kind of comes back to truma, I guess, in the big picture. Let's go weiter. So we're starting on that flame and with Bays about 15. No, that's maybe a little much. Maybe like 13 lines from the bottom of the page. But for Papa Hader Bays. So now this is a continuation of the machlokas that we began, that we ended with yesterday. So there's machlokas between Abba Shaul and the Chachamim regarding truma. If you eat truma by accident, so you have to pay karen v'chomish, you have to pay the principal, the amount that, the, the value of the, of, of what you ate, plus, uh, 25% more, what's called the chomish. Now there's machlokas between the Tanakama and Abba Shaul. Tanakama says you have to, to be chayav a karen v'chomish, you have to eat a kezayis of truma. And according to Abishol, um, you have to eat enough truma that has the value of a pruta. Now, the question was, Abishol, when he says it has to have the value of the pruta, is that in addition to a kezayis, or is that in lieu of a kezayis, instead of a kezayis? So, Rav Papa had initially had, had said that Abishol's opinion is that, is that in addition to the requirement that the truma be a kazai, that, that, that he eat a kazai of the truma, it also has to be worth at least a pruta. Now we brought a brysa to, against, against Rav Papa, and now the Gemara starts off by saying that Rav Papa Haderbe, that even Rav Papa actually retracted. How do we know this? So here we go. Titania, as we learn in a brysa, it says in the, in the context of, uh, me'ila. What's me'ila? Who can tell me what me'ila is? Me'ila is when you get benefit from, from, from Kodesh, from something that's, that's hectic, right? If uh, you have a Corbin or something like that, if you get benefit in a, in an unsanctioned way. So that's what's called Me'ila. So now Me'ila has to be done by accident. If you do Me'ila by accident, if you accidentally get benefit from, uh, from hectic, so then you bring an Oshem Me'ila, so you bring a Corbin. So what, so now, so Vichotu Bishkaga, so in the context of uh, the Korban Me'ila, the Asher Me'ilos, it says V'chata B'shkaga, that you specifically sinned by accident. Prat Lemezid, to the exclusion of somebody who gets benefit from Hakdish on purpose. He would not bring an Asher Me'ilos. Valodinu. Now, the Gemara says, the Gemara asks, or the Brisa really asks, now, how come we need this Brisa? Well, how come we need the Torah to tell us V'chata B'shkaga? How come we need the Torah to tell us that if you accidentally get benefit from Hekdesh, Yuchayev, and Oshemilos, but if you do it on purpose, then you don't bring a Korban? I could just know this logically. How, how would I know it logically? Well, by other mitzvahs that have a Chiyiv Kares, such as, as Rashi points out, Chelev, Dam, Right, if I if I eat these forbidden fats or if I eat blood, these are things that I'm chayv karis for. Potuboy and yet if I do if I do it on purpose, then I don't have to bring a korban. 
And that's like super hardcore stuff. I mean, that's like karis kind of levels. Chelev dam. Me'ila she'emba karis. Now me'ila, which is no chiyuv karis when it comes to me'ila. Even if it's on purpose, you're not chayiv karis. Enu din she'patar es ha'mezid. So then certainly, if you do it on purpose, you shouldn't have to bring a korban, right? So if, so, right, of course, as we know from Masech to Shabbos, things that you generally would be chayiv karis for, such as chilol Shabbos, if you do it by accident, you chayiv uh, a korban chatas. So if you would eat chaylev um, by accident, you would bring a korban chatas. Now, if you eat chaylev on purpose, you don't bring a korban chatas. Chayiv karis, but you don't bring a korban chatas. Um, now, me'ila, if you do it by accident, you bring a, 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 an asher me'ilos, but um, certainly, if you do it on purpose, you wouldn't bring a korban since, you know, things like chaylev, which are super stringent, if you do it on purpose, you don't bring a korban. So the Gemara says that's not necessarily a good assumption. It's not, the logic is not necessarily sound. Don't necessarily assume that just because by chaylev and dam, by things that you have karis for, if you do it on purpose, you don't bring a korban, that mimele, when it comes to, um, Mi'ila, you would not bring a korban on purpose. Because lo im omart bishar mitzvah shekein lochiyeh bo'en misa. Toma b'mi'ila shekhiyeh bo'en misa. Very interesting, um, suggestion of the Gemara. The Gemara then now says that, well, actually, maybe mi'ila is actually more stringent than, let's say, eating chaylev. Because by mi'ila, if you do it on purpose, you chayb misa bide shamayim. Misa B'day Shemayim is kind of similar to Karis. Um, let's just leave it at that for now. So if you, um, if you, um, get benefit from, 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 from Hekdish on purpose, so you have Misa B'day Shemayim. And that's like super duper hardcore, or so the Gemara wants to assume. And therefore, even if by Chaleb, where you have Karis, if you do it on purpose, you don't bring a, a, a Korban Chatas, well, that's, Chiyuv Karis, that's Chaylev. But by Me'ila, maybe I would think that since it's so stringent, even more so than Karis, so maybe there you would bring a Korban, even if you do it on purpose, because it's so darn stringent. Tomar Me'ila Shechiyev Bamiso, oh. Right, so those things you're not chayv misa b'day shemayim, but meila you are. Talmud lomer b'shkaga. Therefore, the pasuk had to tell us davka if you uh, are moil moel. I don't know if you do meila by accident. That's when you bring a korban prat lemezid. But if you do it on purpose, you do not bring a asher meilos. V'amalei Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak, the Rav Chia bar Avin. So Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak said to Rav Chia bar Avin, bar Avin. If we go back to Masechta Shabbos, Masechta Shabbos actually gave a descriptor. Uh, for both Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak and for Rav Chia Bar Avin. Rav Chia Bar Avin was Davka on Dav Kuf Yudal from the base. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, I don't remember where it was, but I could find it, probably. Anyways, who could tell me what they were? Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak was the Mari the, the Uvda. They have very good Midos. And Rav Chia Bar Avin was the Arisha Bachabura, the line of the, uh, of the group. Anyways, so, so of Amalei Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Rav Chia Bar Avin. Now Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says to Rav Chia Bar Avin, "Haytanim eikara alima lekaris levasof alima lemisa." Oh, so maybe if you were wondering this question, so the Gemara asked it for you, which is that 
initially the Gemara was assuming that Karis was more stringent, and then we're assuming that Misebidei Shemaim is more stringent. Right? Initially we're saying that, well, if by Karis you don't bring a Korban on purpose, then, and that's like really, you know, stringent, so then certainly by Mi'ilo, which is Misebidei Shemaim, which is less stringent, you would not bring a Korban if you do it on purpose. And then the Gemara says, well, wait, what do you mean? Mi'ila, Yuchai, Misibideh Shemaim. That's really, really stringent, even more so than Karis. So therefore, I might think that you would bring a Korban if you do it on purpose, even though by Karis you don't bring a Korban on purpose. So meaning, initially we thought that Karis is more stringent, and then we're assuming that, then we're assuming that Mi'ila is more stringent, so like, like what's going on? So if Chibar Oven says to Rav Nachman Yitzchak, this is what's going on. Interesting. When it comes to karis, if you eat chaylev, let's say, so if you eat less than an olive's worth of chaylev, so then you're not, you're, you're, you're off the hook, right? If you eat an olive's worth on purpose, then you're chayv karis. If you eat less than an olive's worth, forget about it. You're not, you're, you're off the hook. It's, you didn't have a proper shear. Right? But, so, 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 but would you therefore apply that to Me'ila, where Yerchayev, Misebidei Shemaim, even less than a Kazayis, meaning, right, so the Gemara had responded and saying, don't assume that Karis is necessarily more stringent than Me'ila, right, that like Chelev and Dam is more stringent than, than Me'ila, because Chelev and Dam, you have to eat a Kazayis before the Chiyuv Karis kicks in. So therefore, okay, you know, I guess it's string, very stringent once it kicks in, but it doesn't necessarily kick in until you have a Kazayis, and therefore, Okay, so if you do it on purpose, you don't have to bring a korban chatas. But by me'ila, even if you have less than the shear, even if you have less than the kazais, you're chayev misa Therefore, that makes me'ila particularly stringent. And therefore, I might think that even if you uh, do me'ila on, on purpose, you'd bring a korban chatas. That's why we had to, the Pasuk has to say, v'nevesh kichatu b'shgaga. That if you sin by accident, you bring a carbon meila. But if you do it on purpose, you do not. Right? So Misa and Rav Nachman responded to Rav Tanuach Daitech. May your um, mind be at rest. Sheinachta is Daiti because you brought my mind to rest. To which Reb Chiyav Avin responds to Reb Nachman and rather than saying, "Wow, thank you, that's so kind," he says, "My nichusa. What do you mean? I settled your your mind." The the Rab of Reb Sheshes Shadu Benarga, Rab and Reb Sheshes asked the Kasha on what I just said that by Meila you'd be chayiv misa b'deshemayim even less than a kazayis. Man shamasle de Omar. Because after all, who is the opinion who says that if you intentionally do me'ila, yuchayv misa b'dei shamayim? Rebihi. It's Rebbe's opinion. Detanya, as we learn in Abraisa, hezid b'me'ila, that if a person intentionally got benefit from hektish, Rebbe omer b'misa. Rebbe says, yuchayv misa b'dei shamayim. V'chachomim omim ba'azhoreh, Whereas the Chacham say it's Pashit Alav. It's, uh, it's a Losaisa. If you do it, we're gonna beat you up a shtickle, but, uh, you're not Chayib Misebide Shemaim. Umay time the Rebbe. And how come Rebbe says that if you get benefit 
from hektish on purpose, you're high of misa b'deshamayim. So Amar Babo, Gamer chet chet mi truma because he learns a gzeir shava from truma. Ma truma b'misaf meila b'misa. That just like uh, truma, if you eat uh, truma on purpose, you chayv misa b'deshamayim. So also, Rebbe wants to argue that. By Mi'ila also, if you get benefit from Hektish on purpose, Yuchayim Misa B'deshamayim Umino, and then we'll continue to learn the Kavachomer further, or to learn the Gzer Shava further. Matruma B'kazayis, Av Mi'ila B'kazayis. Just like Truma, you are only Chayav Misa B'deshamayim, or Chayav anything really, if you eat a Kazayis of it. So the same thing will apply also to Me'ila, right? So we had wanted to say that, right, so, so Rav Chiyah Ba'avin had answered Rav Nachman Ba'yitzchak and had said that you can theoretically argue that um, Me'ila is more stringent than Truma because Me'ila, Yuchayim Misa Bidei Shemaim, even less than a Kazayis. But, says Rabbah and Rav Sheshes that that wouldn't make any sense because who, after all, is the one who says that Yuchayim Misa Bidei Shemaim for Me'ila in the first place? Rebbe. And he learns that out from Truma, and Truma, you have to eat a Kazais. Umaskif Papa. And here's the kicker. And Rab Papa asks Akasha on Rabban Rav Sheshes, Mimaydu Rebbe Kirabonan Svirile, Dimakaba Shol Svirile. Why are we assuming that Rebbe holds like the Chachamim regarding Truma, i.e. that you have to eat a Kazais of it, maybe he holds like Abba Shaul, that what's important is that it has to be a Shavit Pruta, even if it's less than a Kazais. And therefore, maybe you could be Chayim Misebidei Shemaim, in fact, even with less than a Kazais. Because after all, Abba Shaul says that you Chayim by truma, if you if the truma that you ate is worth the shavit pruta, even if it's less than an olive's worth, did you guys hear that? Of course you did. So Papa just said explicitly that according to Abba Shol, what's important is that it's worth a pruta, not necessarily that it's a kazayis. But didn't Abba, uh, didn't Rab Papa say yesterday? That according to Abba Shaul, you need both, and you need to be a Kazayis, and it needs to be a Shavit Pruta. And over here, Rav Papa is saying that according to Abba Shaul, it would, it wouldn't have to be a, a Kazayis, just a Shavit Pruta. So, Elishmamino Hodabe. So rather, we see that Rav Papa actually retracted from what he had said initially, that Abba Shaul would require both a Kazayis and Shavit Pruta. In the end, Abishol, uh, Rav Papa admits that according to Abishol, all you would need is a Shavu Puta, even if it is less than a Kazais. My brother Ravna Omar says, My brother Ravna Hachi Kamer. So going back to this, uh, the, the very beginning, right, of this Brisa, when initially we had said that Chelev is very Chamor, and yet you're not Chayev a Korban, right, so, and certainly by Me'ila, which is uh, maybe arguably Misabide Shemaim, you wouldn't have to bring a Korban. And we said that, no, maybe Me'ila is more Chamer than, 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 than Karis, right? That Misabide Shemaim maybe is more Chayav than Karis. So, 
So we had seen how Rav Chibar Avin tried to explain it, or maybe even arguably successfully explained it, which is that what it means is that uh, Me'ila is more stringent because you could be Chayv Misa B'day Shemayim even less than a Kazayis. Now comes Marbre de Ravna to give his own spin on it, which is, so Hachikamer, this is what it means, Lo'im Amad B'Shar Mitzvahs, when it comes to Karis, Shalom Asa Boyan She'ein Miskavin K'Miskavin, that we don't treat when you don't have kavana like when you do have kavana. Meaning, and in a situation when you didn't have kavana to do something, you'd be potter. And here's an example: that if on Shabbos, Shabbos, of course, if you're mechal Shabbos, is a chiyuv karis. Shem niskaven lachtochus atalush. That if you intended to cut something that was already separated from the ground, v'chatachas amachubar, and then what ended up happening was you cut something that was connected to the ground. Pashit misasek. Right, Kilu, you thought that you were gonna, right, you thought that you were doing a malacha in a mutter way, cutting something, but you thought you were cutting something that is, was already separate from the ground, which would be mutter. But what ended up happening was you accidentally ended up, um, without realizing, you ended up cutting something that was connected to the ground. So in that case, you're potter. And so it's a of karis. And yet, when you, you know, you, you made a, like, uh, you know, Something completely unintentional, so you're going to be potter. Now, when it comes to meila, even in that case, you'd be you'd be chayv to bring a korban, right? That if his intention was to warm up in in wool of chulin, in just regular wool, but uh, without realizing, he um, ended up getting. And benefit, or what ended up happening was he got benefit from, he warmed up from, from the wool of a Korban Ola, which is Hekdish, Shemo'al, Yasmin uh, Korban Me'ila. So we see it's more stringent because even in, you know, um, um, uh, I don't know if the word I'm looking for is similar or analogous or, um, yeah, maybe analogous case, or, I don't know, or a similar case when, by Achiv uh, Karis, you'd be Potter. By Mi'ila, you'd be Chayv, which makes Mi'ila more Chamor. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak Amar. Says Rav Nachman by Yitzchak Amar. This is what the Bray says, saying, Loim Amrit Bishar Mitzvahs, when it comes to other Mitzvahs, i.e. other Chayv Karis, Shken Lo Mitzchayv Ben She'ein Mitzasek Ki Mitzasek. Okidoki. We're going even a step further, right? That in a com- place where it was even more completely unintentional. Right, in a case where Shaim if he wasn't even intending intending to cut anything, in the first case he was trying to, he was intending to cut something that he thought was separated and they ended up cutting something that was connected. Okay, but you know, uh, you know, to begin with he was doing cutting. Cutting, you know, you know, cutting something could be considered a malacha, right? Here he was just picking something up. He wasn't even doing a malacha bichlal. And then what ended up happening was he, you know, he 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 ended up uh Separating something from the ground, shepater, and certainly there, when it comes to chiyuv karis, shepater. Toma b'meila shim hoshet yadu lechli that by meila, if he sticks his hand into some kind of vessel, little chayfet, to take something out, and then totally by happen chance, v'sach yadu b'shemen, his hand got into some oil in the process, shel kodesh, and that oil just happened to be hektish oil, shemal, it would be meila. So we see different cases that you can try to argue that meila is more chamor than even karis. And uh, therefore, I might think that you'd have to bring a korban even if you do it on purpose. And that's why the pasuk had to tell us that you only bring a korban meila 
if you do it by accident. Omar Mar, we said yesterday, I think it was yesterday, that when we're talking about truma of chametz, right, when you separate truma of chametz, then we had a whole uh, shaila about uh, if you do it by accident, you chayv karen v'chomesh, is it the value you're paying or the amount that you're paying, whatever it was, we said, what exactly are we talking about, you know, when we say separating truma of chametz? So bimafish truma vechmitza. We're talking about when you separated truma and it was not chametz and then it became chametz. Avalhefish chametz truma, but if he separated chametz, uh, truma that was already chametz, tevehakol in a kedosha, of course it is not going to be considered truma. It's not going to be holy. Minanimili, how do we know this? Some Rav Nachman by Yitzchak on my kratitin law. Says Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. It says in the pasuk by truma that you have to give it to him. Lo velo leoro. You hear that? That you have to give the truma to him and not to his fire. Meaning you have to separate truma that he can eat, that right, that he can that he can use, not just to put into his fire as firewood. So if you have some food, some tevel, some of the tevel, tevel of course is untithed foods. So if you have tevel, some of it is pure, some of it is impure. So don't say, I have a good idea. Why don't I, the truma that I have to give, I'll just give it from the impure stuff and I'll keep all the pure stuff for myself. So we say, don't do that. But if accidentally you gave the Kohen um, this Tame uh, stuff as truma, well then it's fine. If you did it by accident, it's okay. Ve'amai! Ask the Funabred of Yeshua, why? Why does that work? Why should it make a difference if I did it out on purpose or by accident? What happened to Rav Nachba Yitzchak's drasha, which is that you have to give chuma to the Kohen, not to his fire? That there's a difference between separating chuma from chametz and separating chuma from uh, something that's tummy by accident, which is that when it comes to uh, separating chuma from tuma, right, and you can't eat chuma tumah, right, so. So, at least at some point that produce was not tame. At least at some point that produce was edible before it became tame. Now, when it comes to chametz, pashit never, uh, you're not, it was never edible. It's chametz on Pesach. You can't eat it bechlal. Right? We're talking about that, you know, when it became chametz already before you separated chumo and it was already still connected to the, I think we said when it was still be mechubar, but how can something become tame when it's mechubar? Vechmetz be mechubar. I thought stuff can't become chametz when it's connected. I thought st- stuff can't be- oh, it can become chametz. Yeah, yeah, right. I was thinking tuma, right. Right, chametz, right. It became chametz even when it was still connected to the ground. So it was never, like, actually edible. So that, so that would not work. And what does it mean that it never at any time when it was kosher, kagon, de'achmetz b'mechubar, that it became chametz already when it was, um, but if when it was already um, uh, separated from the ground, it only later became tame, so then it would, um, right, and then you separated truma before it became tame, bef- well, before it became chametz, so then, so then it would be considered good truma. Omerle, 
To which of Nachman by Yitzchak said, "Wow, this is perfect. It's just like I was saying because there is even pisgama that in the world, that in the word, that in the rules of the angels are, um, are words. All right, Umaimer Kadishin Sheelta, and in the sayings of the holy angels is um, questions. So pasuk in Daniel, and they say in the base of just like me." When Rufuna Breda of Yeshua came, Omar, he said, Omar Kra, that the Pasuk says, Rashis, that in the Pasuk of, uh, in the context of, um, of Truman, it says, Rashis, it has to be the first, Shashiarea, Mikar in the Yisrael, that what's left over is uh, recognizable, is able to be eaten in the Yisrael, Yatsu Sazosha, in Shiarea, Nikar, to the extent, to the exclusion of Chomits, uh, that the leftovers are not edible, meaning, that if you have, that when it comes to truma, so you separate truma from tevel, right? You have all this food, you can't eat it. You separate truma, now what's left over you can eat. Now that, so that's kind of part of the definition of truma, that you separate it and whatever's left over you can now eat. Now when it comes to chametz, so you separate the chametz, but you can't eat the rest of it. So it's not, that's not like a whole truma situation. Um, so it wouldn't work. Yosef of Achabar, Rav Avya, Kamidu, Rav Chizdav, Yosef, Avya, Mishmedu, Rav Yochanan. This is kind of interesting. If you're into this stuff. So, Yosef of Achabar, Rav Avya, Kamidu, Rav Chizda. So, Rav Achabar, Rav Avya was sitting before Rav Chizda. Fine. Yosef Amr Mishmed, Rav Yochanan, he was saying something in the name of Rav Yochanan. What was he saying? And Listen to this. Anovim shenitmu. So, if you have grapes that became Tomei. Okay, fine. You have a cluster of grapes. The grapes became Tomei. Fine. Dorchan pachis pachis mi kibetza. Vienen kashlin isachin. Very interesting. So what do you do? So you have grapes. This is very, very interesting stuff. So you have grapes. Now, the grapes are tame. But the assumption for now is that the juice inside of them is tahor, is, is not yet tame. The outside, the, the, the peels, the grapes are tame, but the juice is not. Now, we have to be careful because when you squeeze out the juice from the grapes, if the juice touches the grapes on the way out, then the juice is going to become tame, is going to become tame from the grapes. Now, here's the thing. If you remember already, I think from Daflam and Vav Masech the Brachis, and we've seen it uh, several times since then, Tumas Ochlin, the impurity of food is only transferred if the food that's transferring it is the size of an egg. So, therefore, the solution would be just take clusters that are less than the size of an egg, and then as you crush them, any water that comes in contact with the, with the, um, Peels, which are tame, won't, the, 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 the juice, I don't know if I said water, but the juice would not contract the tumma because the, the grapes are, are less than, uh, an egg's worth to begin with. What do you guys think of that solution? Right, so, 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 Achabar, Rav Avya was saying to Rav Chizda in the name of Rav Yochan that Anovim, I'm gonna read it again, grapes, Shinitmu, that became tame, Dorchen Pachas Pachas Mikibeya. So, so, you can, uh, crush them in clusters in clusters that are less than an egg's worth. And if you do it like that, then any of the juice from the grapes remain tahor, and you can use them even on the mizbeach for the libations. So we see that Rabbi Yochanan holds that the juice of the grapes are like stored inside of the grape. They're not part of the grape. They're just like being held inside of the grape. And therefore, even though the grape is tame, 
the juice itself remains tahor unless it becomes tamay. Now, le'emos kami tamay, when would this juice become tamay? Lechisachilu, it would become theoretically tamay when you squeeze it and the gra- and the juice is coming out of the grapes and it would become tamay. Lechisachilu le'esi l'shiure, l'shiure. And there, and in this case, since we're talking about a cluster that's less than the size of an egg, so when you squeeze the grapes and the juice is coming out, so there is no kibetza of uh, tuma, and therefore the juice would remain tahor. Iachi, kibetza nami, to which the Gemara asks, wait a second, but then why would we specifically have to have a cluster that is less than the size of an egg? Let me ask you a question. Even if the cluster was the size of an egg, it should still be acceptable to hatanan because we learned in Mishnah tamei mes. We have a tamei mes. Oh, in avatuma, shesachad zeisim ba'novim, and he squeezed olives and grapes, kibetz amichuvenes, and the size of the cluster was mamish, exactly an egg's worth. Tihorin, nonetheless, the juice is grapes. What? The juice is juice. And it is tahor juice, right? And we're saying that if you have a cluster of grapes and it's exactly in egg size, and now you crush them to extract the juice, well, the second that you crush them, you no longer have the size of an egg. And therefore, it's no longer able to transfer tuma. So we see that even if you have exactly the size of an egg, it would be acceptable because by the time you crush them, this size of an egg is now going to be less than an egg and it won't transfer tuma to the juice. Now, therefore, how come Rabbi Yochanan is Davka saying that you would have to crush these grapes in clusters of less than an egg's worth can even be the size of an egg? Because by the time you crush it, you're going to make the size smaller by crushing it. So the Gemara answer is awesome to Avad that over there where we say that um, even if it was the size of an egg, it would be acceptable. That's bidi evid. If the if if the if this tmei mace, if this rishon, if this avatuma um, did crush a cluster of grapes and it was the size of an egg, so then you know it would work um, bidi evid if he already did it. But hacha um, lechatchila. Rabbi Yochanan, however, is making a recommendation of lechatchila. What should he do? Lechatchila, you should use a cluster that is less than. Uh, kibetza, because gezerah dom asel mebed yosem kibetza, um, out of concern that if, you know, if we say that he can use a cluster of exactly an egg's worth, uh, it's risking it because he might end up using a cluster that's more than an egg's worth, in which case the juice that comes out of it will become tummy. Omler of Chizda. Of Chizda says now to Rav Acha bar Rav Avya, Mansai Islach Udab Yochanan Rabach, who is going to listen to you, Rav Achabar, Rav Avya, and to Rav Yochanan, your teacher. Interesting. Rav Yochanan, so Rav Chizda says, this makes no sense. If the grape became Tameh, then the juice became Tameh. And we're, like, why all of a sudden when you squeeze the grape, is the juice Tahor? What happened to the Tumah? The grape was Tameh, I thought. So Amok Uh-huh. So we see that Rabbi Yochanan's opinion is that the juice of a grape is not, you know, just contained in the grape. It's not separate from the grape. It's actually part of the grape. And therefore, when the grape becomes tummy, the juice becomes tummy. 
And once the grape becomes tame, so does the juice that's inside of it. To which Rav Acha by Rav Avia says to Rav Chizda, don't you agree with me that the juice of a grape is just contained inside, it's not actually part of the grape? But we learn in a Mishnah, now, after all, we learned in the mission that we quoted earlier that if you have a tmemes, an avatuma, who squeezes exactly a kibetza's worth of, uh, of grapes, so the juice is going to be tar. So, Iyamad Bishlam so I understand if we say, that the juice is separate from the grape, that's why as long as you're squeezing a cluster that's less than a kibetza, so the grape, the juice will remain tahor. It won't become tummy. You don't have a, a, you have less than a kibetza. So, no, it's, well, meaning if, if it's exactly a kibetza, so by the time you squeeze it, it's less than a kibetza, and therefore it's unable to transfer tumma to this juice. So the juice never became tame. It remains tahor. And Rav Acha Breder of Avia says, you see, doesn't that prove, like me, that the juice is separate from the grape? It never became, you know, while the grape was tamed, the juice remained tahor. And as long as it's exactly a kibetza, when you squeeze it, it'll become less than a kibetza. And it won't, they won't, it will be unable to transfer tumma to the juice, and the juice will remain tahor. Eli Amadri Balabliye, but continues Rav Acha by Rav Avia, and he says, but Rav Chizda, if it's like you, that the juice is absorbed in the grape and the juice is tummy like the grape, well then am I tahorin? Why should the juice be tahor when um, the cluster is exactly the size of an egg? Because just like you said, Rav Chizda, what happened to the tumah? The juice was tummy. Why is it all of a sudden tahor? So Amalei, so Rav Chizda responds to Rav Achabedir of Avia, Interesting. So here with this Tmei Mace, with this Avatuma who's squeezing these grapes, and we're saying that if it's a, exactly a Kibetza, so then everything will remain Tahor, well, it's talking about Anovim Shuluhuchshu. It's talking about grapes that had never gotten wet before. And because they had never gotten wet, so then they were unable to attract Tuma. Now, now, at what point would they become Well, at the point that you squeeze this cluster of grapes that's exactly a beitza, and now the juice comes out, at that point, now the grapes would be able to be to contract tumma from this avatuma. Now, but at the same time, at once he has crushed these grapes, but there's no longer a kibetza, and therefore they're no longer able to transfer tumah by way of the grape. The, the grapes are no longer, even though they become tummy from him, they are unable to transfer the tumah to the juice. The ilote malachi, and then Rav Chizda continues to prove his point that the grapes themselves, because that the juice themselves are part of the grapes and become tummy with the grapes. Hadatani, that which we learn in Abraisa, Lamaze Dome, that when Rabbi Kiva said to Rabbi Yochanan Benuri that what is chametz of truma similar to? The truma's tutin vanovim. It's similar to the truma tamea of mulberries and grapes. Shenitmea that they became tame. 
she'ain lo ba lo heter achila v'lo heter asaka that don't have any right right that you're unable to eat them and you're also unable to burn them now ha heter achila nami isbe now, according to you, Rav Achabreder of Avya, what do you mean that the uh, truma of mulberries and of grapes that became tame, all right? There's no, you can't do anything with them. You can't eat them. You can't burn them. What do you mean you can't eat them? Why don't you just squeeze the grapes less than a kibetza, and then you could drink the juice? What's the problem? So rather, it must be that the um, juice itself becomes tame as well. So Omar, Rava, Rava responds for Evacha Breder of Avya, and he says, no, you can actually say that the juice does remain tahor. So then why would you be unable to squeeze them and get the juice? So Gezerah, Omar Rava Gezerah, Dilma Asi Buli De Takala. Well, because maybe while you're squeezing them to get the juice, uh, you know, in, le- in, in clusters of less than four, uh, less than an uh, egg, so maybe you'll end up, you know, eating some of the grapes and that would be a problem. So we say, just avoid it. But even though Me'ikra didn't, you could argue that the, that the juice would be tahor. Abai says, yeah, but are we really concerned about that? That like you can end up creating a mess and, and, and like eating these grapes that are, uh, that are chuma tmeya? But we said that you're allowed to light a, a, a candle with bread or with um, oil of truma that became tame, why aren't we concerned about maybe you'll end up like eating the bread or the or the oil? So Amrle, so Rava says, yeah, pas zarikle benaitim. Well, because the bread you're just going to throw among the among the tree, I guess in the fire. Shemen shel truma ramile bichlimos, and the oil of truma you could just put into like a disgusting vessel, and then then you won't end up um, eating that. Like we saw a few weeks ago, with regard to um, the vat, right when the tumma with the vat, that the uh, that the um, we said that if there's like there was an afkamina between oil and, and wine in terms of uh, being considered losing it. Anyways, okay. Well, that was daf lamad gimel of masechet b'sachim. Yeah, it got like a little complicated, I guess. But all right, well, it happens sometimes. So I think the first interesting sugi that we got to is the punishment for meila. Um, yeah, so, so there's a machlokas there, uh, uh, between Rebbe and the Chacham. So now, of course, if you, um, get benefit from Hektish by accident, so you bring in Asher Me'ilos. If you get a, hekt- a benefit from Hektish on purpose, that's what we're talking about. So Rebbe says you're Chayb Misabide Shamayim, and according to the Chacham, it's just a lav, we'll give you some Malkus. Um, okay, that took us for a while, and then we got to this machlokas regarding the tuma of grape juice, of Acha Breder of Avya said the name of Yochanan that that the juice of the of the grapes are mipaked pocket. They are considered separate from the grape, and therefore even if the grapes become tame, the juice will remain tahor, and therefore you have to make sure that they remain tahor and do not become tame from the outside peels. And Rav Chizda disagreed and said that the juice is actually part of the grapes, mibala blie. It's part of the grape, and therefore if the grape becomes tame the um, juice becomes tummy as well. All right, those are like kind of the main things I think of Daf Lamad Gibba. Hope you enjoyed. Peace out.